Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Med Sales Monday with your host, John Murphy. I uh, have a great episode lined up for everyone here today. Been a crazy past couple weeks, uh, both being on the road, just constant traveling. So glad to be able to get back in here and, and get this episode recorded for you all. Today, we, we're going to have a, a good friend of mine, coworker of mine, David Johnson, on the show. Really excited to have him on here. One of the guys that has you know taught me a lot of things I know. Help me, help me get into the industry. So, figured he'd be a great guy to have on here. So, without further ado, uh, let's get into it. All right, everyone. And so here we are with David Johnson on the show today here on Med Sales Monday. Uh, David, great to have you on. Hey, John. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, David Johnson, another guy from from Warsaw, Indiana, uh, you know, huge orthopedic town. So, uh, David, just want to say a little about yourself, kind of, you know, um, I know these answers about you, but kind of, you know, what you did, uh, went to school, why you went there um, and what got you into the medical field. Yeah, of course. I've um, been in the, the medical field for about seven years now and um, currently work at Dittage. So going into a little bit on my, my school background, I went to Franklin College, which is uh, about half an hour south of downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. And it's a small, um, small liberal school. And um, I, I went there for a few different reasons. Um, one, since it was a small school, about a, a thousand students, um, it, it really gave me the um, you know, ability to learn more hands-on. Um, John, I know you went to IU, and so you can probably probably say that you did not have the ability to just go in and, and talk to your professors. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so you know, you know, going to a smaller school, I was able to you know, go into uh, the professor's office and really um, hash out any questions I had and uh, which really just allowed me to overall learn a lot, a lot more um, in college. Um, and another reason would be just uh, it's a small liberal school, so liberal arts school. So I was able to take a little bit of, of, of everything, you know, you had to take a little bit of history, uh, you know, religion, speech class, all that. So I think it really just kind of give, gives you a, a overall good education. Um, and then I also went there for soccer, which um, lasted about a year because I tore a meniscus. So, <laughs> end of yeah, that that's career. interesting. That, and that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, didn't you play soccer there? You know, you went there for that reason as well. So, um, you know, so we'll we'll get back to that. But um, what did you study at Franklin? So um, I studied what you would what they call these days is kinesiology, uh, which is more or less the the movement of the body. Um, you know, so I took classes such as like anatomy, physiology, um, biomechanics, um, overall, just, you know, some generic biology classes, generic uh, chemistry classes, um, nutrition, um, but overall just kind of, yeah, like I said, the kind of like the, the overall functionality of the, of the anatomy or the body. Definitely. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, on, on my first episode, I went through and talked about the different majors that people study. Um, you know, one of the reasons this podcast is to, you know, introduce people, you know, how they can get into the field. And, 
one of those degrees is something along the lines of kinesiology. I know different schools kind of define it different and in, in what goes into that. Um, mine wasn't as hands-on as yours, as I have a kinesiology degree as well. Yours seemed a little more focused on the medical side. Mine was more on the, the health side. It was just in the school of public health, so technically a kinesiology degree in there. But um, so interesting, going to college from orthopedic capital of the world, Warsaw, Indiana, to then playing sports and tearing your meniscus, studying kinesiology, and then obviously ended up in the medical sales industry. Um, was that always your plan? <laughs> I'm sure the meniscus part wasn't, but everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, going back to what you said, you know, growing up in Warsaw, um, you know, orthopedic capital of the world, it was kind of the normal, you know, you, uh, you, drove down the road and saw a nice BMW or, or Lexus or, you know, we're out in the lake and saw a nice lake house or a speedboat. You know, there was probably an 80 to 90% chance that they were probably in orthopedics. Um, so, like I said, it was kind of the normal. And, um, and it also, I think it really gave the ability to make decent money. Um, you know, I would say, you know, worse all the majority of the, higher income families came from orthopedics. Um, so I, I would say in general, that was kind of my draw to the medical field um, outside of my normal just interest in the whole, you know, medical field in general, obviously, you know, with my, my major in kinesiology. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny you say that because I was, I was being interviewed one time and they were asking me something along the same lines. And I said, they said, you know, why were you looking at medical from, and I said, well, being from Warsaw, like, if you looked and saw something cool, you were like, what does that person do? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> exactly. easy. You look, you see what someone else is doing, what they're being successful at. It's a, it's a good thing to base it off of. Um, yeah. You know, I saw guys in the middle of the day playing golf at the golf course. And I'm like, what do those guys do? And they're like, oh, they work in medical. I'm like, all right, yep. <laughs> right, right down <laughs> my list of notes of, of jobs to, to look at. Um, so do you think, um, you know, being from there, did that give you any type of advantage? Like, um, not necessarily in terms of like knowing people places, but, um, you know, kind of having a knowledge of what orthopedics was as, you know, I know that there's some people, they, they don't even know what it is when I say, you know, orthopedics or when I talk about medical sales and what I do, um, you know, just having that background knowledge, was that something you found beneficial to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I would say growing up, you know, my, you know, my family or my parents weren't in the medical field. So I, I wouldn't say I had any type of advantage of understanding it better than the average person. Um, you know, I, I did get into some, um, you know, internships uh, through through college that introduced me more to reality of, of orthopedics or, you know, the medical field. So I wouldn't say, you know, you know, living in Warsaw gave me any type of advantage as far as like knowledge. Um, you know, maybe if you if you grew up with a, a father and mother that was in the medical field, that might give you a little bit of you know advantage. But I didn't necessarily um, wasn't necessarily the case for me. I think it was more of the the experiences of internships that I had um, to start out with that gave me the more and gave me more interest and, and gave me a little more knowledge. Okay, definitely. So speaking of internships, you know, what type of internships did you do? Um, were those, you know, in college, was it like a post-college thing? I know there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, even if they're working some type of job now, people have left to go do internships to try and get into certain fields. Um, do you think that those internships really benefited you, 
um, you know, with, with your knowledge and moving on to other companies uh, after those? Definitely. Uh, I think if you're in even high school or college, um, you should definitely try to get as many internships as possible. Um, but that that definitely gave me an overall uh, general understanding of one of what I was interested in and what I was, wasn't interested. And I, in my opinion, I think what you're not interested in is probably more important than what you are interested in. Um, but, you know, so in, in college, I was, I uh, had an internship with DJO and DJO does a lot of different things. You know, they have, they have an, an implant side, um, you know, they have device side and they have, you know, brace, the brace side. Um, so my internship um, at DJO was within the knee braces. Um, so if you, you probably see, you know, if you watch NFL or college sports, um, you see a lot, a lot, a lot of linemen um, with knee braces, like the plastic knee braces. Yeah. Um, so that's that was that was a product that I um, interned with for all the sales um, that I did with DJO. Um, and as I as I said, I am I quickly knew that that was not interesting me. <laughs> Braces. Um, but yeah, that was my first internship. And then my second internship was with Zimmer Balmet. It, um, it was actually in the tax and finance department, and uh, which obviously wasn't part of my degree or at least part of my major. Um, I did minor in, in business, but that did not necessarily uh, equip me for an internship in tax and finance. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, luckily during the time I was there, um, Zimmer was acquiring Biomet. Um, so, you know, prior to it being Zimmer Biomet, it was just Zimmer and just Biomet. And, um, and so that really was the first time that I, realize how important acquisitions were in a, a company like that. And I, you know, I feel like we could have a whole other podcast just talking about strategic acquisitions. Um, but, you know, especially in orthopedics, when you have you know, potentially a three to five year window of developing a product, it's really important to be able to have the, the funding to just buy out a company or acquire a company that fulfills that portfolio, that product portfolio, um, compared to just, you know, spending the decades it takes to develop the products. Um, so that was, that was a really good experience for me, um, being there, um, just kind of seeing how that worked. Um, and then my last, my last, um, internship was with Nextremity, which was a small foot and ankle orthopedic company, um, which thankfully ended up into a full-time position. But that that internship lasted about six months and um, was was kind of consisted of both downstream and upstream marketing. Right. Well, and you know, it's you you went on to next extremity, and I was about to say that because you mentioned acquisitions. Um, you know, I was to say it wasn't your first job out of college with the company that just got acquired, um, and then you were talking about you know research and development. So, Nextremity, if I'm not mistaken, they were doing um implants they were they were developing them and then they had some relationship with zimmer correct yeah so when i first started um they were you know a private company um owned by a few doctors and some investors and um about probably about a, uh 
a year within a year that I was working there, um, they partnered up with Zimmer Biomet so that Zimmer sales reps basically just dis, um, basically sold or distributed their products. Um, so that that really that really boosted their sales because they went from um, using independent sales reps that had multiple products in their bag to selling directly through Zimmer Biomet that was more focused. Um, so with with that transition, they were really able to you know boost their sales and and as well as get the the products out in the market. Definitely okay. And remind me again, what was your what was your role, your title when you were at Nextremity? Yeah, so I was an associate product manager. Um, so like I, like I mentioned before, it was kind of a, a combination of upstream and downstream marketing. Um, and just to kind of define that for people who may not know, upstream is more long-term sales and downstream is more short-term, short-term sales. Um, so how that kind of relates to my, I guess I'd say related to my job was upstream was more, um, like I said, long-term. So I, I worked on um, working with surgeons to come up with a solution to a problem. Um, you know, so there would be a, a procedure or an, an implant um, that they were having issues with. And so surgeons that had a lot of, you know, many years of experience, um, we would work with them to help develop a new product that would fix those, those problems. Um, so, you know, so I'd work with them in design labs. We, you know, we would, uh, you know, talk through the issues. Um, our engineers would be there. They'd be working through the new designs. Um, you know, we'd have cadaver labs that we could, you know, test things out as we were developing the product. Um, which then, you know, eventually as the product got um, got developed, then it would get FDA approved and it would be launched long term. Um, and at that point, that's kind of that's kind of where the, the downstream would would kick in. And that's where um, basically I would develop the, the surgical technique in a. Um, you know, a marketing material form of, you know, showing the doctor how to perform the, the procedure. I'm using the, that specific product for that procedure. And um, so I created all the marketing material, um, did training for surgeons and for, for sales reps, um, did some, you know, I would go into the operating room and just make sure, make sure everything went smoothly, whether it was a new sales rep that didn't know the product really well, or um, it was a surgeon that, you know, hadn't used the product before. So yeah, like my like I said, my my overall role was just kind of to facilitate sales in a marketing manner. Definitely. So you know that's something I hear often is you know some people are like, well, I'm working in marketing right now, but I'm trying to get into sales. Um, it's it's really <laughs> it's really related, and I would say orthopedics marketing is completely different than I don't know than a. Uh, I know your brother's in beer sales. So it's, right. you know, it's, it's a completely different type of marketing. Um, especially when you combine that, that, that long, the, uh, the downstream and upstream combined, um, and with a larger company, you know, they probably have one person doing downstream, one person doing upstream, um, but, you know, with a smaller, smaller company, you're going to have, you know, one person doing both, which, you know, pleaded my advantage to the experience side. Definitely. Definitely. So, and, isn't that how you ended up over at Didage now was you met you met the company um, while you're with Nextremity um, working on some med ed lab stuff? 
Yeah, so uh, at the time, the Didage rep um, was renting equipment to us for a cadaver lab, um, equipment specifically being um, podiatry, small bone equipment. And um, so I met the uh, the sales rep at that point, and uh, you know we developed a relationship. And um, when the partnership with Zimmer and Nextremity went um, to a to went to the next level, um, I kind of had the ability to shift companies. Definitely. So, you know, that's something that they talk about always is, you know, just in in the in the world, just like knowing people and having people that you can go to for different opportunities. Um, you know, I think that's something huge in, in the medical industry is people move around so much that you can work with someone one place and end up working with them a different place. Um, and also you can be buying from someone and then end up going to work at that company. So. I, I remember I told you this. I was talking to a um, a company that does medical education training labs, uh, which everyone, if you're if you're listening um, and you don't know what those are, those are like, you know, the BioSkills Cadaver Labs, um, where they do training or R and D, you know, certain things like that. Um, and I mentioned that her facility was actually in your territory, and she remembered you from Nextremity. So it's just one of those funny things where. It, it really is, you know, it seems like such a big industry, but it's a pretty small industry with people moving around so much um, that you just, you know, find funny coincidences like that. Um, yeah, no, you're 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 exactly correct. I mean, you'll you'll if you, if you do get into the medical industry, um, you know, when you when you first get in, it seems like a uh, you know a, a massive place, but as you as you spend time and get experience and get to know more people, you find that it's definitely smaller than what you think. Um, and I think, uh, you know, getting to know as many people as possible is, is definitely a, a huge factor to someone's future success. Definitely. And that, you know, that kind of goes directly what I was about to say next. Like, what type of advice would you give to someone that's trying to get into the medical sales industry? Or even you can just be even more broad with the, the roles you've had, you know, the medical industry as a whole. Um, what what type of advice would you give for someone searching to do that? I would say number one is get experience. Um, you know, you know, you're you're more recently out of college than I am, uh, not too much, but you more recently know that how difficult it is to get a job without some type of relevant experience. Right. And you come out of college and be like well, how do I get experience if no one will give me an opportunity to get experience? Well, that's where you really can utilize that internship experience. Um, so if if you can get internships in high school, go for it. If you can get them in college, it's a must. Um, so get as much experience with, as you can with internships. Um, and also like reality is, you're not gonna have your dream job, the first job you get out of college. I mean, there's, you know, maybe five, 10 percent of the people in the world that that happened to most likely it's not going to be you. So just, I guess, realize that and be willing to accept the experience where it comes, because, like I said, that's what everyone wants, you know, and so you have to get it somehow. So, yeah, definitely. If, if it's not through internships, then it's through another job that you may not want, but it's experience. Definitely. And I won't give away my all my secrets, but 
I've told some people that have came to me and asked me, like, how do I get a sales job? Like, how do I get a medical sales job or just, you know, just any sales job in general? Um, the route I took was pretty ridiculous. And looking back on it, you know, I, I give it a lot of contribution to why when I was done there, you know, I had people lining up in my in my LinkedIn inbox wanting to interview. I took a sales job in the in one of the biggest cities in America. So, yep. you know, even even doing something like that, even if it's not like a luxurious sales job, if you know, if you can do that and go out there and and, you know, cut your teeth doing something in a huge market, someone somewhere is going to be interested in you. So, yeah, no, you know, that's, that's a good thing to recognize because it, and it kind of that kind of goes back to even, you know, if you were to ask me, well, what type of what type of majors does someone have trying to go into medical sales? I mean, in my opinion, you could you could be a journalist, have a journalism major, and still be very successful in, in medical sales. I, I don't think there's one specific major that's going to guarantee you success. Um, but in general, if you get good experience in some type of sales role, and have you know some type of decent intelligence combined with good communication and work ethic you can be successful in medical sales definitely and you know that's you know that that was literally what i was just about to ask you is you know some key factors and attributes and you just hit on them you know um be able to communicate with people uh have good people skills be knowledgeable just those things that are kind of what some people call the intangibles are are you know sometimes way more important than anything you could have learned in school or or even you know on the job training you could you could know everything about a product but not be able to speak to someone so yeah. just those type and, or and, you could know nothing about it but be really good at talking and people think you know everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you got yeah, a little bit right. of both and, yeah and I, and I think a little bit of as of everything is you know the best um the best for you if you can get a little bit of it um, you know, we, you know, we, we kind of touched the experience, um, the experience a little bit, and then we experiences a little bit. And we also touched a little bit of connections, you know, trying to get to know as many people as possible. And then we also connect or have also, uh, touched on the knowledge side of it. And I think if you can combine experience with trying to get to know as many people as possible, um, you know, and put, you know, maybe, you know, a decade, a decade seems like a long time, 10 years, mm -hmm. but, you know, it goes by quickly, you know, being in the industry for seven years already, uh, it seems like yesterday I just had my internship, um, but eventually and, and quickly it, it gets to a decade of you being in the industry at that point, you know, if, if you're, if you're determined to stay in that industry at that point, I really believe you can become that expert where you can be the person where people come to to ask questions knowing that you have the answer or at the very least you have at least an education to get the answer for for them right and sometimes you don't have to know the answer they just have to know that you'll help them find it you know exactly. so you don't have to know everything but if you know someone that knows what you don't know that's very beneficial so 
one more thing I, I just want to touch base you know everyone that i bring on here um you know we've talked a lot about your past experiences so i'm, I'm trying to let people know of the different type of medical sales jobs that are out there so you've talked a lot about the implants and everything um mm -hmm. although you know we we pretty much do the same thing at our company and people have listened you know have i guess some idea of what i do but just like you know real quick just you know kind of run through what type of medical sales you work in um you know we know it's on the capital side but kind of just dig into that um and give people an idea of you know a different type of medical sales that they could pursue yeah that's that's a good point there there is a lot of different type of medical sales and they're all a little bit to a lot different um you know you have the implant sales which you know if you're trying to get into implant sales, prepare to send, to spend majority of your time in, a, in an operating room. Um, you know, so if you don't want to be in operating room 24/7, you probably don't want to do implant sales. Um, you know, there's you know the the braces sales like I had mentioned before with DJO. Uh, you're going to spend more time in the you know like an exam room, you know, fitting them for braces. Um, if you're not willing wanting to do that, then that's not a good option for you. Um, and more relation to what you and I do, um, selling larger capital equipment. Um, we we don't really have to spend a ton of time in the operating room. A lot of it is spent uh, in front of a computer or on the phone, uh, and a lot of it is also spent, you know, um, in person with you know taking people out to lunch and uh, or even just a, a conversation in their office. So I think it's really important to understand what you really want and that kind of goes back to whole experience get as much experience as possible to understand what you want and what type of job setting you want um but and, and personally I, I like my my current job setting where i can spend half the day on my computer and phone and the other half of the day um seeing people in person and talk to them meeting with them and so um to go back to kind of the the gist of of my current job um, you know, our as a company, our our current goal is is really setting up surgery centers with at least eighty percent of the capital equipment that they need to run their to run their center. Um, so um, that includes, you know, the operating room lights, their tables, their monitors, anesthesia machines. Um, you know, for their operating room. Um, and then also, you know, everything they need in their pre and post-op rooms. And so, um, you know, we, we've really focused in the past on offering refurbished options, um, which is, uh, once again, a whole nother sector of the medical field is, you know, offering refurbished options compared to new. Um, mm -hmm. And that's how we've really, you and I have tried to really differentiate our company is, being able to offer both options based on budget, based on um, specialty, based on um, expectations, warranties, et cetera. Um, so, you know, so Didage has been able to, over the last few years, really develop a, a product portfolio that allows them to cater and customize to everyone's needs based on um, what their you know, pricing or budget or expectations are. Um, you know, so we, you know, outside of our refurbishing equipment options, you know, we distribute for 20 plus OEMs for new equipment. Um, so, 
with having that, like I said, with having that whole product portfolio, we're trying to customize or or cater to everyone's potential needs. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned on, you know, the options. That's what I've been telling people. It's like, I'm not going to give you a just a, a new option and a refurbished. I'm going to give you the best option. You know, what what's the best when you compare the the price to the the you know newer refurbished condition and then compare the warranty you know compare you know people are it's, people will say you know th- instead of using like percents of how much more something is everyone wants to use a number you know so i'll be like oh it's only five thousand dollars more and i'm like i'm like that's 80 percent more like, yeah, like you gotta look yeah. at that type of it's, stuff so it, it's yeah. it's a it's a totally different ball game when you're looking at the the you know the mass level of of you know selling of capital compared to you know just individual you know when people need one item type thing yeah no you're 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 completely correct and it's it's sometimes a hard sell like when you have so many options and your customer knows you have so many options and you're providing them with one they're you know a lot of times they're like well how how do you know this is the right for me and <laughs> i say and, <laughs> and it, it's, it's it's really it is really hard but you know with you know for me at least you know i've been working at digit for five years now and i've i i i really take the you know being an expert and being able to you know be kind of a know-it-all to uh, to the next level and I, I appreciate having that knowledge um but it you know it takes you selling and getting your customer to trust you to really be able to, to offer that to them you know oh definitely and you know i started laughing there because I, I sent out a proposal for a new surgery center today and i put on there i said remember as always these are options all caps these are <laughs> options if you want a different option let me know <laughs> and we can look it's, into it it's so hard. it's yeah. it's it's a it's an interesting industry you know capital equipment is there's a whole different realm to it even just working for an oem compared to working for a distributor like us so it's a it's a whole different ball game but um david it was great having you on you you know gave a lot of people different you have you had three different roles in in medical and one of them was working in a finance office so i don't <laughs> know many people that that went from there to to implant the capital and you know i'm sure they'll be plenty more interesting things along the way, but just want to say thanks again for coming on and and sharing your knowledge with, with our listeners. Yeah, of course, John, I appreciate the invite and uh, hopefully we can have another session on here. All right. Sounds good, man. You have a good one. Thanks. You too, John.